Um, you know, I was thinking about the, uh, the song that we sang, My Redeemer Lives. And part of the message of that is, I need redeeming. But also recognize that that, that line, My Redeemer Lives, comes from the book of Job. This is spoken by Job who's gone through all of this suffering that beyond, is beyond his understanding, beyond any human understanding. And yet he still says, my Redeemer lives. And so that, that, that uh, line, that confession of uh, profession of faith also is born out of great pain sometimes too. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we thank you that you are with us through all of life's hardships, our joys but our challenges, um, our comforts and our pain. You are always with us. You are always our God. You are our Redeemer. And Lord, we pray that you will speak to our minds and hearts now by the presence of your Holy Spirit. Uh, not just by the intellect, but by the heart. That somehow the, the emotion and, and uh, rational thought all blend together in our hearing from you today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, years ago, a woman uh, came up to me and asked, said, uh, I'd like for you to meet my husband. Uh, he, has some, he has a lot of questions about faith. And so, you know, I'm going, okay, you know, and uh, sure. And so we set it up, and I remember driving to, to their house, uh, pulled up to their house about 8 o'clock in the evening, uh, went up to the door, rang the doorbell, and I hear all of a sudden this, a large commotion from barking from a couple of yappy dogs. You know, and so uh, uh, anyway, I stood on the doorstep for about five minutes. And, uh, and so finally then the door opened and uh, I saw this, this tall, thin man and, and he had taken him that long to uh, quarantine the, the dogs upstairs. And then, so I, I came in and we introduced ourselves, and his name is also Steve. It was kind of an awkward thing at first because, you know, we, neither of us had met each other. All of a sudden, I'm showing up at his doorstep. But it was all arranged, and uh, I could quickly learn that he was, he was not a guy who had a lot of friends. He was kind of a loner, highly intelligent, and um, he had grown up Catholic, but had long since walked away from all of that faith he, he just could not accept the idea of a God who had any involvement in the world through uh, he, he drank a lot of strong coffee while we were there uh, at one time uh, he stepped out for a smoke uh, and uh, we talked for a couple hours and rather than, than try to answer his questions I I just mostly listened, and I also asked questions, but I also tried to resonate with his doubts because they were real, they were serious, they were important. Well, this was the first of several long conversations that we would have at Steve's house. We never argued. Uh, we, uh, I didn't try to be the answer man. We just shared each of us shared our perspectives. Uh, and I began to pray for him that God would meet him right where he was. Now that was the, the uh, a couple years later, then uh, he, 
he uh, and his wife joined a small group that I was in that my wife Tricia was leading. And the agenda is kind of like a lot of our faith groups that we have here. Uh, we share about our lives. We read and, and discuss the Bible and we pray. And for him, I think this was his way of sort of trying on this life with Jesus. Kind of like you try on a jacket. Just to kind of see how it would fit before he, would, before he was ready to commit himself to it. And then from then, he and I, we'd often gather, get together at a coffee shop. And we would talk about life and science and faith in our families. In other words, we became friends. Well, a few years into that friendship, uh, one day he told me that he, he felt like every time that he tried to get close to putting his faith in Christ, it's like a door slammed shut in his face. He just couldn't get past it. But to me, it seemed like he was getting closer. A few weeks later, he told me that he came up to that same door again. And this time, it stayed open and he walked in. Today, uh, our message is part, as uh, you heard, part of this series called BLESS. Five ways to love our neighbors. Bless, of course, being the acronym for five practices. Uh, let's say them together, shall we? Begin with prayer. Listen with care. Eat together. Serve with love. Share your story. These are normal, natural ingredients in any friendship. And in this series, we're focusing on how we develop friendships with people who don't share our faith, who may be living far from God, who, who, don't yet, uh, who may not yet know Jesus or may not yet be a part of a church. Now, the last couple Sundays, we've been handing out these blessed packets. How many, do you have yours today? Some of you, hold it up if you do. Okay, so we know it's kind of like this. That we have the gu bigger guidebooks, but these are the, the smaller packets. Uh, so uh, if you didn't get one yet, uh, these last couple Sundays, would you raise your hand because our ushers want to hand them to you, okay? Yeah, we've got people kind of all over, so ushers, if you'll help me distribute those uh, so everybody has one. And here's what I would really love is bring it back with you every Sunday this month, okay? Because we're going to be referring to something in it every time. Um, last week, our, our message was on begin with prayer and... Uh, we, we started by asking God, okay, Lord, who do you want me to begin a blessed relationship with? I mean, that's kind of the first prayer. Who, who do you want me to begin a blessed relationship with? I, I, I learned about the bless about a year ago, and to me, I, I just started with one person. It was somebody that was clear out, kind of on the fringe of my life, and I felt God kind of coaxing me to bring this person more into the middle of my life. And, you know, I'm still asking this question. I'm still praying this prayer. Lord, who do you want me to have a blessed relationship with? Uh, right now, there are five people that I'm praying for. And I would say I have maybe a blessed relationship with four of them. One, I'm still kind of hoping that that'll turn out. Um, today, we're going to focus on the L, listen with care. Listening is one of the most important ways to love someone. Nothing says love like listening. Isn't that true? Nothing says love like listening. 
We're going to look today at an example of Jesus listening. So open your Bible to uh, Luke 18, starting with verse 35. I know a lot of you have, the, uh, have a Bible app on your phone, so feel free to use that as well. Pew Bible, it's on page 1052. And if you don't have a readable translation of the Bible at home, just take the Pew Bible home. You can have it, you can read it. And if you're wondering, well, where do I start reading? I think this, this uh, book of Luke would be wonderful. It's one of the four uh, biographies about Jesus, this one written by Luke. And it's my, pers- it's my personal favorite of all of the four in the Bible. In chapter 18, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he knows when he gets there what's going to happen to him. He's going to be unfairly tried, wrongly convicted, and painfully executed. So he has a lot on his mind. Now, kind of a side note here, the usual route from Jerusalem to Galilee is to head south along the Jordan River all the way to Jericho. And then you turn right and go 18 miles on the winding road, a hilly through the hill country to Jerusalem. Now, Jesus and his disciples, they're on their way to Jerusalem for the Passover along with this huge, eager crowd of followers. It's like a parade as they're approaching Jericho. Uh, people from the city then come out and they, well, they want to see this guy, this prophet, who they hope will restore the glory days of Israel. So here's what Luke says, starting with verse 35. Follow along with me, would you? As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd go by, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. You know, for us today, it's not very unusual to uh, see someone, you know, standing along a busy intersection holding a cardboard sign, hoping for a handout. And these verses from Luke paint the same kind of picture. Here, travelers are headed to Jer- to Jer- through Jericho, and, and this guy, he's found a pretty good spot. I can just picture him, you know, sitting on the edge of the dirt road, holding up uh, his his cracked clay cup. He rattles around the few coins that he has in it, trying to get the attention of the passers-by. I mean, this is how he survives. And he wonders about Jesus. Could he be the Messiah, the one sent by God? And in verse 38, it says, He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And and I'm sure he said it over and over, louder and louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What a nuisance. I mean, he's ruining the parade. This is supposed to be fun. Follow along in verse 39. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, if I had been in Jesus' shoes, I'm not sure I would have even heard him. Jesus has a lot on his mind. I mean, the voice of, of one lowly beggar can easily be drowned out or overlooked. But Jesus is listening. Jesus is listening. Verses 40 and 41. Jesus stopped. 
and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Isn't that a beautiful question? Jesus could have used the occasion to announce once again that he's going to Jerusalem to die. He could have used the, the occasion to explain the significance of the cross and his atonement of our sin. Instead, he focused on this man. What do you want me to do for you? And the man replied, I want to see You and I don't have the power to speak to someone and instantly restore their sight. But we do have the power to listen. We have the power to listen. Recently I had lunch with a friend of mine and he, he said it was okay if I shared this with you. At one point in the conversation he kind of offhandedly mentioned about growing up in the projects. You know what I mean? The projects. And so I asked him. I mean, when I first heard him say that, I thought, I just, I've got to ask him. So I said, what was it like growing up in the projects? He, he, he looked up, he smiled at me. Probably because he, he knows how clueless I am, you know. He said that the area, the area he grew up in, in, in Omaha, was run by the Crips gang. Everybody wore blue. And he said, if you didn't live there, you couldn't enter that area. Or at least, it would be foolish too. Because uh, it would just be dangerous. And, and the only way you could go in is if you were with someone who, was, who lived there. The neighborhood didn't have any basketball courts. Their basketball goal was a square plastic milk crate with the bottom knocked out nailed to a, a wooden pole and this wasn't that long ago he's younger than my kids he told me how he was baptized in the church his uncle went to when he was about nine or ten years old uh, he then he told me that later he was in a gang for about six years and why he got out he and I grew up less than 50 miles apart but it may have just well been the other side of the planet. And yet I thought, what a gift to be trusted with this piece of his story. You see, listening is a blessing both to the one who's being listened to, but also to the one who's doing the listening. James 1 verse 19 gives us this piece of wisdom. It says, be quick to listen slow to speak let's say that together shall we be quick to listen slow to speak who does that today huh I mean everybody's shouting trying to be heard over the the chaos and who's listening last year our Great Plains Conference asked me to take part in a, a training to be a coach and so now I'm coaching other pastors usually by phone and I've actually coached a, you know, a few other people here at Faith Westwood and coaching can be about any need, topic or issue that the, that the client has so uh, our, our trainer said that when you're a coach you only do 20% of the talking and most of that 20% is asking questions so it's a lot like James 1.19, isn't it? Be quick to listen, slow to speak. 
And that means when someone shares uh, their story with you, don't launch into your story, even though you know it's better than theirs. Just listen. Be curious. Ask questions. Listen some more. And nothing kills a conversation faster than being an expert. Have you ever been around that? People don't need your answer as much as they need you to be a friend. Authors Mary Schaller and John Creeley say this. I like this quote. Telling answers, even right answers, is rarely helpful because it circumvents the very important process of allowing people to discover the truth for themselves. As a spiritual exercise, um, Schaller and Curley recommend to try this. Try not giving any advice for a week. You think you could do it? Don't offer any suggestions. Don't try to fix anybody's problems. Just listen. Now, we have, uh, besides our packets, we have guidebooks. They're the larger thing with the black cover. Uh, and if you don't have a guidebook, we've got plenty of those out at the uh, Connection Center, which is the table next to the elevator, out in the foyer. And in session three in the guidebook, Beth Severson tells a story of when she was at the gym one day. And she thought she'd try out one of the new weight machines that they had there. So she sat down on it and uh, uh, she was, you know, trying to figure it out. She asked the woman next to her about the settings. And, and then they talked for a few minutes and, and Beth asked her about the workout she was doing today. So she told her and Beth thought that sounds kind of interesting. She said, is it okay if I just kind of tag along with you? And the woman said, sure, that'd be fine. Um, and then they chatted, you know, kind of visited as they made their way around the weight machines. And then they, on their way, they were heading to this room for, to the mats to do their crunches. And Beth asked her, what are you looking forward to in your life? Isn't that a wonderful question? What are you looking forward to in your life? And the woman said one word, peace. Well, it was almost time for both of them to go, but Beth just had this urge, this, this nudge inside her to go ahead and ask her what she meant. Now, I'll let you read the rest of the story, but this woman opened up about this really a heartbreaking situation that she was in, and, uh, and at the end of the story, she just began to weep. And so there on the gym floor, uh, these two women just hugged. And then Beth said, would it be okay if I prayed for you? And so she took her hands and said a, said a short prayer for her. And it tells me this, people are starving for someone who will genuinely listen. Do you believe that's true? People are starving for someone who will genuinely listen. And you'll be able to genuinely listen when you're not starving for it yourself. When you have a relationship with God and you know that God listens to you, then you're no longer starving for it. When you have relationships with sisters and brothers in Christ who listen to you, then you're no longer starving for it and that enables you to genuinely listen to others. I'd like to invite up Donna. Donna Sandoval, uh, 
of course, our, our director of worship, as she said earlier, and, and uh, I asked Donna about coming up and sharing her, a bit of her story today because I've noticed that she blesses a lot of people by listening. And I just wanted to hear more about that myself, and, and I wanted you to hear about it as well. So um, anyway, Donna, tell us about about that and when did you realize you needed to to do something to be more intentional as a listener some of the best lessons in life are those that you learn in the mirror um so for me it was one day where i was talking to someone and i was sharing my heart and they just disconnected and walked away. And I felt totally devalued. Mm. I, I felt um, irrelevant, unheard. And so the comment about the mirror was, I was convicted. I had done that. And I had actually done it probably quite often. And I felt, wow, I need to do something about that. Okay. And so what, what did you find were the barriers? What was preventing you then from being that kind of listener? Well, if you know me at all, um, I'm very task-oriented. Um, I am wired to move quickly. And so I, I just knew that it was going to take a really strong um, energy to slow me down, become intentional, mm -hmm. to actually, you know. So I had to purpose to do that. And um, I saw in other people, you know, wow, I, I, that person really listens well. I had a friend, and she was just a great listener. And she just, she just made people feel like they were the only one in the room. Mm -hmm. I remember one time we were all out to lunch, and there were several of us at a table, and, and everybody's just kind of doing their sidebar conversations. And all of a sudden, and this is not her personality, but she was very quiet, and she yelled, Stop! Huh. And we were all just like shocked. <laughs> and she just said, one conversation at a time. She just wanted to hear everyone's story. So yeah. that's where it kind of began. So then tell us about your journey as you've decided, okay, I, I want to become a more intentional listener. What, what happened? How did, you, how did that happen? Well, I remember getting a call from a young lady. I didn't know her very well. I knew of her, and, and she was having some family life crises and stuff, and she called me and said, can we meet for coffee? And I said, well, sure. And um, on the way there, I, I intentionally prayed because I felt like God was giving me that opportunity to kind of practice this mode of operation. And I remembered my friend and, and her intentionality in, in, in listening. And I just prayed, God, let me be wholeheartedly a part 
of her story mm. and that, 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 that verbal processing that she was going to be able to do. And oh my gosh, sitting there connecting and leaning in and feeling like my whole body was a part of her conversation and not looking for a response but watching her engage in this conversation uh -huh. and the light bulbs going off and she's she's processing healing experiencing you know it it was the holy spirit working yeah. in her mm -hmm. i was just there to be kind of like that that garden you know so to speak and and that experience was like the memory marker for me that just okay. said, this, this is it. This is an opportunity to minister God's love. And, and um, I wear this necklace all the time. And it's not very pretty. It's got, it doesn't, a, it's got a little key on it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's got a key on it, and it says inspire. Okay. But the story is that it was created by a homeless person who someone heard his story took him off the street, gave him a job making these keys. Oh. And his story has changed because somebody listened to him. Hmm. Um, Donna, I, I have a request. Yeah, I know you, you prayed about becoming that kind of intentional listener. So um, would you lead us in a prayer sure. that we could all become that kind of intentional listener? Amen. Oh, God. Um, we are here this morning to be your ears in community. We, we want to lean into, Father God, listening as, as your heart to give people opportunity to feel your love, to experience your healing. Help us, Father God, to not be so distracted with our phones and our jobs and our to-do list, but actually, Lord God, connect visually, authentically with the people you put into our lives. I just thank you, Lord, for that. And Lord, there are people here today who need to be heard. Their pain is strong. It is deep. And they need someone to process these things with, Father God. I pray that you will bring your servant with ears to hear and a heart to listen. And Lord, I thank you that you are the giver of all good gifts. And it is your heart for us to be listening to you, to leaning into what you would have us to do, how you would have us to grow, where you would want us to be. Father God, we want to listen to you so that we can be your servants of love. And we thank you and we praise you because you hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Donna. Thank you.
Okay, would you pull out that blessed packet, um, the one like this size, and uh, if, you, if you got it, and you'll, you notice that the outer page is folded, and then it has these inserts inside that are half sheets, um, and so that outer page is, is you open student, it's, it's begin with prayer, and on the, on the right side of it are these tear-off bookmarks, two of them. Uh, about 80 of us did this last Sunday where we put a few names down on there and we tore it off and turned it in. And so we've got a little display set up in the, between the foyer and the fellowship hall along that counter where the stools are. And so if you want to turn yours in today, you can do that and just maybe just put it up yourself. I think there's probably some stuff or just leave it there and we'll get it up. Uh, but I think when we can walk by, we kind of say, okay, this, this is our church beginning blessed relationships and uh, we can kind of just pray for God's blessing on this um, and then if you look for that one uh, half sheet inside that begins with a it has the letter L for listen with care and uh, on the lower half of the page you see that one lower half of the page it says this to bless others begin with listening rather than talking Jesus often engaged people by asking them questions and loving them through conversation. When people are heard and understood, they feel safe and valued. So get curious and ask good questions. Listen deeply to people's dreams and pain. What's more, listen for evidence of God's work in their life so you can participate in the work God is already doing. Listen well, so you can learn how to bless others. And if you flip over to the back side of that page, uh, you'll see it has some ideas for spiritual conversation starters. So there's a list there, and you might just kind of glance through all of those. Maybe you'll find one or two that uh, might inspire you. And then below that, it has bless brainstorm where you can jot down a few ideas of how you think you might like to start a spiritual conversation, kind of like Beth did about when she said, what are you looking forward to in your life? Um, and not, not that you want to use anything that's canned, but at least it'll get your mind thinking about, about doing this. So um, I'm going to ask if we can get uh, one of our musicians to kind of Go up there, maybe. Brother Shane appears from the doorway magically. <laughs> and uh, all right, thank you. And uh, so I'm just going to give you a minute, and then we'll go into our communion time. <laughs>
this morning I want you to know that you're invited to communion because Jesus invites you and uh, this is open to everyone. If you're ready to turn your back on your life without Christ and your life of sin and you say, I want to belong to Jesus and begin to live for him, he says, come. Be a part of my family. Be a part, one of my children. Be one of my people. And so um, we're going to begin now with a, a prayer of confession and I invite you to, to join with me in your heart. L Lord, we, we confess before you that we are sinners and uh, sometimes we know when we sin and other times we do it sort of unthinkingly. And we ask that you will forgive us. We, uh, we haven't obeyed those two most important commandments of all like we, like we need to, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, we, f we fail, we fall short, but we thank you that your compassion and mercy are greater than our sin. And so, Lord, we, we want to receive your forgiveness now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we believe we are forgiven. Amen. Jesus, before you went to the cross, he said how important it was to meet with his disciples and share this last meal with them. And that's where he instituted this, this sacrament that we call communion. He took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it he said this is my body given for you he took the cup he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying this is my blood of a new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins and every time you drink of it remember me let's pray oh God we pray that you will pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and the fruit of the vine, let them bring to us the real presence of Jesus. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit you will make us into the body of Christ, his people redeemed by his blood. And now let's join together in the prayer that Jesus taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm going to ask our servers to come and as we uh, prepare for communion, um, and let me, while they're doing that, I'll tell you a little bit about how communion will flow here today. We'll have a pair of servers in front of each of the sections of, of seats, and uh, the ushers will guide you. We'll work from the front rows to the back. We ask that you will move to your left as you exit the pew, and you'll come first to the person with the bread, and if you would, bring, present your empty, open hands. And the piece of bread will be placed there, the body of Christ given for you. And instead of eating the bread right away, 
go to the person with a cup. No, excuse, we're, doing, we're not doing intention today. Never mind. Yes, you may eat the bread right away. <laughs> During flu season, we're not doing intention. So you'll eat the bread right away, and then we'll have the people with the trays of cups. You can uh, reach out for one of the cups and receive that, the blood of Christ shed for you. And then uh, return to your seat by the opposite side. Um, do we have the place for the, uh, the stools and the baskets for communion? Okay, we've got a, a couple of those. And we'll see if we can uh, find a couple of more. Okay. And uh, during this time, I would invite you to join along in singing, or maybe you just feel like you need this time to be in, in quiet and just sort of receiving um, this, pr this prayer time and God's presence with you. already know them each by name every single galaxy was your design and majesty displayed your glory shines before our eyes the more we see the more we love you, King of wonders, we stand amazed. There's no other, other than you. King of wonders, you know the way to our hearts. And the more we see, the more we love you. And we respond You have shown There's no one like you, God Your love and mercy welcome us